Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hearing from God. I'm sure this topic has been a blessing to you. Right? All right, so I'd like to have um, one person to quickly... We, we talked about understanding the will of God. So let's quickly try to recap understanding the will of God for us quickly. Who would like to do that for us? Okay, Collins wants to do that. All right, quickly, like, understand the will of God. How important this subject? And uh, when we started with understand the will of God, how important is it? Let's go. So, so uh, thank you very much. So last week we uh, learned that when we know the will of God, we get to know that God is not mysterious, as most people say. So we later on went to learn about um, some of the will of God. We learned that God... There are seven, God, I, I mentioned seven will of God. Yes, sir. So you give us two. Once you're done, I want another person to give us another two. Another two, then one person to give us the last one. Quickly. Okay. So we learned that it is God's will for us to be in health. It's God's will for us to be in health. In health. It's yeah. also God's will So, for, So you can't say that you... You, you got sick and God gave you the sickness. Am I correct? Yes, please. Sir. God does not make people sick. Yes, please. Because God's will is for you to be in health. I remember the story of a, a woman who went to a pastor and said, Oh, Brother Shambach, I got sick. And I know God gave me that sickness to make me humble. Then the man of God said, Okay, then let's pray. He says, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you give her more of the sickness. The lady said, No. He said, Don't you want more humility? You know, there are some things we say which are not in the word of God. So this, for example, you have to know that it's basic. God wants you to be in health. All right, go ahead. We also learned that it is God's will for all men to be saved. It's also God's will for all men to be saved. Powerful. All right, next person. Thank you, sir, for the opportunity. Yeah. So you said that God wants us to prosper. God wants us to prosper. Yes, and that's... You, yeah, she picked prosperity. <laughs> And I like that subject a lot because poverty is bad. Yeah. <laughs> you know, God wants us to prosper. And yes. you said that the federals of the gospel. So can you say something about that? I like that a lot. Okay. God wants so us to prosper. The federals of the gospel relies on prosperity. Mm. We cannot be um, praying and then want to prosper the gospel with just prayers. If we want to build a church, by all means, we use money. So we you, use you cannot prayers. use prayers to build a church. Mm. We need prosperity. Okay, don't you think we can go to a land and start speaking? Blah, 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 it will no, start doing it. It doesn't work like that. Or we go to the, the people selling cement. <laughs> Whatever happens, they'll collect money from us. Yes. After we finish all our praying, we say, Have you finished? <laughs> Good one. Yes, let, let, me, let me give you a scripture to support what you just said. The scripture says that through prosperity shall my cities be spread abroad. So God is aware that it is through prosperity that we establish the covenant. It's through prosperity that we preach the gospel. Anybody who speaks, anyone who is a, who's a child of God who speaks against prosperity is not a soul winner. Always, no soul winner will speak against prosperity. Why? Because they'll realize that even to preach to more people, you will need a microphone. A microphone must be bought. You see, what God does not want us to do is to enter into being covetous or being materialistic. Because some people hear this message and it now drives them into materialism. They think that, okay, God wants me to prosper. God just wants me to have a car. No, 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 that's, those are not the things. Those are things that come with prosperity. That's, those are things that come with a blessing. That's not God's main focus. God's main focus for your prosperity is for you to what? To establish the covenant and to establish the kingdom. So some people now enter into materialism. One day I asked, one of my best person, I preached and I, I asked them a question. I said, 
All right. So I had one, one. I saw one lady as I was preaching. I was saying, God will make you prosper. Your business will do well. So the lady was saying, Amen. She even knelt down. So when she closed service, she came to see me. And I asked her, ah, when I was praying, you were kneeling down. That means you really received the prayer. She said, Yes. I said, So you want God to prosper? She said, Yes. I said, For what? What do you want God to do? He said, I want a new iPhone. I want. This is how I did my eye. I was so shocked. And I, I realized that, no, you missed it. That's not it. That's not it. That's not the reason for it. You enter into materialism. The gospel of prosperity is biblical. It's biblical. It is truth. But the motivation must be clear. It is for the furtherance of the gospel. So on the, on the 26th of September, we're having our Rhapsody service. And, 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 and you must do one dangerous thing for God. You got it? Are you ready? All right. Prosperity. I like that one. Next one. Stephanie, you said God wants us to abstain from fornication. Correct. One, and... two. You know, let me, let me come back to prosperity before I come again. <laughs> you know, with the, with the, with the, with the, with the one concerning prosperity, um, you have to be, you have to understand. So, I'm saying, um, we're, we're putting this subject in context, all right, with hearing the voice of God. So, that means, if you're walking and a voice speaks to you and says, my son, you shall prosper and have Many accounts and have you know that you are hearing God. You know that's not the devil. So I'm helping you to, how to fine-tune the voice of God. Today we'll go a little deeper into that, right? How to fine-tune the voice of God. So when with all the ones they've shared, if if you ever hear God say, My son, you shall walk in health, you know God is speaking to you. So my son, you shall um you should you should go out and win souls. You know God is speaking to you. If you hear, my son, you will prosper, or do this business and I'll prosper you, you know that you're hearing from God because. He said, I'm the Lord my God who teaches thee to profit. <laughs> it's amazing. It's in the scripture. He said, I teach you to profit. Then, if you hear God telling you that abstain from communication, it is not the devil. It's God. It's really God. It's really God. <laughs> All right, thank you. Do you have anything to say about that one too? Okay, so say, you said that it's not the will of God for us to fornicate or to follow married men. And that's not every good opportunity. I, I like that. You, you, you remember things a lot. <laughs> I'm sure you're a very good student. I said, don't follow anybody's husband and say that, oh, God has opened a door for you. God has not opened any door over there. Once it's somebody's husband, it is a no-go area for you. Bible says when it comes to those things, God is the avenger. You go and take somebody's wife, God is the avenger. God will judge you. <laughs> All right. Next person. Who was the next person? So, next two. Thank you. Okay, so you told us that uh, you want um, God, it's God's will for us to know the truth and to come to the knowledge of his existence. Yeah, yeah, good. Um, it's God's will that we come to the knowledge of the truth. That's full truth. You see, there's full truth. There's the fullness of truth. A lot of Christians have half truth. They don't have the full truth. And so their lives are not balanced because they don't have the full truth. But there's an accurate knowledge of God. There's what to do at what time. And through my teachings, I've been able to, you know, help bring out some of those things. So anytime you, you get into an issue or someone tells you an issue, you know what part of the word of God to apply. You see? So there's full truth. Let me tell you something. The school of the spirit is a lifelong learning. And it's something you should be interested in. Sometimes I wonder when, you know, people are not interested. Okay. Let me not take the wind out of my sails. Okay, next. Thank you, sir, for the opportunity. You said it's the will of God for us to always be full of the Spirit. 
to always be full of the Spirit. To be filled with the Spirit. That's it. That's what I said. It's the will of God for us to be filled with the Spirit. He said, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And he says, do not be drunk on wine. And he says, but be filled with the Spirit. So it's the will of God for us to be filled with the Spirit. In the second service, I gave the seventh one. All right. So I think those in the first service didn't hear that one. That one was, um, in everything, give thanks to to God. This is the will of God. So you see, every time you thanking God is God's will. God wants you to always be thanking him. Alright, that's beautiful. We've done a quick recap for understand the will of God. Now we are going into a much, you know, we are going a much deeper part of this uh, message. Go to Psalm 119 verse 105. Today I'll be showing you a lot of scriptures so I want you to be following very, very clearly. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. God's primary way of guidance is his word. And I've established that through the past weeks. Now, he said his word is a lamp onto your, on our feet and a light onto our path. So, let's say, for example, you've gotten to a place, you go to a forest, and when you go to the forest, there are different roads to take. What God's word does is that it puts light over there. When it puts light there, now this question is, which of the roads should I take? Now, I can see all the roads. So, I'm not in darkness. This word has come. To give me light. So there's light. But there are four roads. Which road will I take? So the ministry of the word of God. Now, through the seven will of God I've given you. Alright. The ministry of the, of the, of the uh, word of God. Now has not come to illuminate the place. So now there are four roads for me to take. Now, which road will I now take? And know that, okay, this is where God wants me to be in. Because when you go to the book of Romans chapter 12. Go to Romans 12. From verse 1. I beseech you therefore now, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, with your reasonable service. Verse 2, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that you may be able to prove what is the good, then acceptable, then perfect will of God. All the seven will of God I shared with you are all within the good will of God. That is the general will of God. So it is general, like you've gone to the forest and your light is, uh, this is a general road. But now you come to a crossroad where there are four junctions. And you need to know which junction to take to go where you are looking for. Since you are now looking for the accurate place to go to, you will now require another kind of guidance to get to your destination. Because the first guidance now brought you to a place, alright, you, you are still on a road. It's like uh, those of you who drive. It's like you come to a road, you are on the main road. But the road, main road is not your house. Alright? The main road is not your house. So, there, you... you your light has been, has been brought forth. You've now been illuminated. You've now come to a place. There are different junctions and you need to decide which part am I going to. Now, the, the, what he said about that, he said the perfect will of God. There is a perfect will of God for your life. There is a... Now, I'm going to talk about two destinies that everybody has. Every man who comes to this world has two destinies. There is the natural destiny. What's the natural destiny? The natural destiny is the destiny that you find yourself in by reason of all the natural circumstances that surround your life. Like for example, if I'm born in Kweu, I am natural a Kweunian. Everything that is associated with Kweus will be associated with me. That is my natural destiny. If they say that Kweus are pepe for pepe for, you understand? Don't worry. I know. If they say are prepared people, you know, and they, they've said it before, and people have been saying, I've heard it before. They say Kweus are prepared people. Have you heard it before? They said, when they found your people are being prepared for, prepared for. 
Alright, so when they say Kweos are prepared people, you are very likely to walk in that destiny. If you were born in a, in a family of poor people, your natural destiny is poverty. Because that's where you're coming from. Now, what will make it your natural destiny? So many, so many things. For example, your upbringing. There's a way rich men bring their kids up. There's a way poor people to bring their kids up. A rich man will never talk his child down. When you see very poor people, nobody in this church is poor, right? So I'm not talking about people here. Even if you're coming for the first time, if you think you're poor, you're not. Listen to what I'm saying. Believe my own. When you say poor people, most poor people, their problem, they think their problem is they not having money. Their problem is not having money. Because when you go to areas where there are a lot of poor people, they are even the ones who give birth the more. So the problem <laughs> is not lack of money. Something is blocked in their brain. Two years ago, we went to do an outreach. We went to dash them some food and some in one particular area where they were living in a kiosk. When we gave them all the things and we're going back, say, oh, I mean, Shramo. And he said, they are not planning to leave the place. I <laughs> see. There is a blockage in the brain. They always think they are disadvantaged and poor people are so entitled. They think somebody is their problem. That somebody has not given them money is the problem. If he had given me, I would have been this. You, you, what you don't know is that you, as a poor person, I heard nobody's nature is poor. As a poor person, what you lack is not money. What you lack is capacity. If I give the, a poor person 10,000 Ghana City, he just needs three months. You will go back and you find him in the state he was when you gave him the 10,000 cities. What they lack truly is capacity. I'll give you an example. If you think things and life is not fair, things are not fair, you go to a company and you see the CEO who has four degrees or two degrees, who is the CEO over there, and you say life is not fair. So you take the security man to put in the CEO's office and you take the CEO to put in the security man's office. Give them one year. The company will start looking like the security man's office. So the thing is not a money thing, it's a mind thing. Most poor people have blocked their mind. They, are so, they feel entitled to somebody's money. And they are so bitter. They can never let go of somebody who frauded them a year ago. Or 10 years ago. A year ago is even too soon. Check. If you, if you have conversations with poor people, you know what I'm talking about. I said nobody in this is poor. Have you heard me? That's where it starts. Most people who became rich from poor families, they had to disengage poverty in their mind. They started thinking differently. They start talking, that's where it starts. And meanwhile, other people who don't have money are thinking immediately, someone should just give me money. They just think the problem is their money. Have you ever, have you ever been crying for help? Who is a business person here? You've been crying for investor. When investor came, you were now, you didn't know what to do. No, lift your hand, let me, let's be serious. Yeah, it's true. It happens. Sometimes people say, if I get this business I have, 25,000 get if I get it. You know what I do to people like that? I'll not give you all. Are you 5,000? Do something, let me see. Go and come back. They couldn't do anything with the money. A man who was given money by an investor, a lot of money, the next thing he was in Dubai. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you a true story. A true story. He's dead now. Why? After Dubai, it didn't end at Dubai. It was a lot of money. It didn't end at Dubai. Cars. He was not ready for the money. See, he was not ready for the money. So, there's a natural destiny. When you are born in a rich family, there's a way you think. Guess what? I worked with a studio in 2013. While I was working over there, there were two, you know, the, the engineer of the studio was my friend. And there were two people who worked in the studio. Two. One was the son of a nobody. And one was the son 
of the owner of Vodafone. Guess what? The, the son of the owner of Vodafone always came to work early. You would think that the son of the owner of Vodafone should rather come late because his father has money. The one who is the son of a nobody is the one who is always coming late. It, session is supposed to start at 9, he's always coming at 11. The son of the owner of Vodafone, he comes early and when it is time to close, he takes his thing and close. Then I, I, I observed, like Solomon said, he said, I observe and I, and, 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 I, and I receive understanding and I receive wisdom. I observed the two of them and I, I saw why some people are poor. You will be thinking that the person who is poor should rather be putting up a good work ethic. That's why the, even God, even God, he said he gives wisdom to the wise. Not to, he did not give wisdom to the foolish. He said instruct, instruct a man of knowledge. He said, and you will get wiser. Even God, he said he does not cast a spell before swines. He doesn't give what is holy to dogs. Even God, when he sees that, no, you, you, you will destroy the, the great thing he's giving you. He just pulls it away from you. So instead of God rather give strength to the weak, he said, no, let the weak say I'm strong first. He said, oh, he's not going to make the weak strong. He said, they should say I'm, I'm strong. He will have to delete something from their minds. I get it. All right. So, we're going to look at the importance of um, go to chapter 16. So now, I'm saying we've gone to a place, and the place has many roads. Now, we're going to find ourselves in the perfect will of God. So, God is going to instruct us on what we should do. John chapter 16, verse 13. Now, that is where the ministry of the Holy Spirit now comes in. The ministry of the Holy Spirit. He says, how be it when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. He will guide you into all truth. So the Holy Spirit is the one who will now guide you. Now, you have been enlightened. There's light everywhere now. So the next thing is for you to be guided on where exactly should I go? God wants me to prosper. But now, I, um, three companies have called me. Which company should I work in? Are you seeing? I know that it's God's will for me to prosper. But now, three companies have called me. Which of the companies should I work in? Don't pick the company that is giving you the biggest salary. Say, no, no, no. But money. What you don't know is that two years' time, that company can fold up. So as a Christian, you make up your mind that you are always looking for where does God want me to be. You know, some people get into trouble because they never ask God anything. Even to picking a house you stay in, when you get there, you should know that God wants to be in this house. Because you can meet one fellow tenant and your life will not be the same again. As a child of God, your road is planned. I talk about the natural destiny. The destiny that comes to you as a result of all the happenings that happen naturally. And there's a divine destiny. The road that God also planned for you. With the road that God planned for you. Now, for, for example, as a man of God, you cannot, you can listen. And, and it's supposed to be like that for a Christian. It doesn't matter how close I am to you. If you're having a wedding and, I, and I'm coming and the Lord says I shouldn't come, I'm gone, I'm, I'm not, I'm done. I will call you and tell you all the best and you should not be offended. Because you don't know what will happen to me if I come for your wedding. Don't just carry your things and just go anywhere. Don't say, oh, babe, babe, go to funeral so otherwise your funeral, I'm not planning to die. Someone said, this Saturday I was supposed to go for a wedding. As I was stepping out of my house, I'll, I'll teach you what to do, how to know whether to go for a place or not. As I was stepping out of my house, no. I just, no. I was stepping out. I said, no, I'm not going. I sat in my room. Somebody said, ah, someone's wedding. Your wedding. I said, I'm not marrying the person. Marriage is me between me and my wife. The lady shouldn't come. I put a ring on my wife's hand. We are married. One day, Jesus 
is preaching. A man says he will follow Jesus. Then Jesus said, okay, come and follow me. The man said, okay, I will follow you, but let me go and bury my father first. Jesus said, let the dead bury their dead. Very insensitive statement. If you were there, you, I, remember, I wonder what you would tell Jesus. He has no welfare department. He's not, he doesn't think about his people. He said, let the dead bury their dead. He said, if you want to follow, follow me now, go ahead and come. You're not going to meet me here. He said, you cannot put God's kingdom off to tomorrow. Listen, the fear of man is what does not make people want to obey God. Hey, if I say I'm not going, what would they say? What would they say? If your life also turns around, what would they say? I listen to the Spirit of God on what I should do. When, 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 listen, I'm going to even look for a house I'm going to stay in. Usually, Pastor Claude knows. When, I, when they try to get me a place, and I say, let me see the place. When I get in there, and I start asking the Holy Spirit, am I to stay in this place? I get that, am I to stay in this place? I don't see myself staying over there. No matter how beautiful the house is, I cannot stay there. I remember <laughs> one of the first times I moved into my own apartment. <laughs> it's amazing, eh? <laughs> it's amazing. No, because, because at an age I had money to move into my own house. God said, stay with your parents. I had the money. In fact, when my parents were staying, I even got it for them at the time. God said, move into your father's house. I said, God, I'm not a kid. I'm not, this is not many years ago. God said, stay with your dad. I said, stay with my dad. So I was there. So I was asking God, so when should I move out? <laughs> he said, when it's time, I'll let you know. When it was time, my dad brought up the conversation. Don't you think you should get a place? I said, thank God. <laughs> All right, so I moved, I moved into a place. I got a place, I saw a place. When I saw the place, we had seen other places. When I saw the place, I knew that that's the place I'll stay. When I came out, when I came out, I met the owner. He was like, I should come and take it now, 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 now. And if I don't take it now, this place is a hot area. You know, West Legon. If you see your apartment, just pay it and just go. Because as you are seeing it, you are walking out. Somebody's taking it. So as I saw it, I said, Okay, I said, I'll take it. It's mine. Because I saw myself staying there. I knew that place I was staying there. So I walked out. When I walked out, not long after we had camp, and then at that time in the church, a lot of the people didn't understand how they should pay for something. They said, oh, Pastor, I don't have money. Pastor, I don't have money. So I now took my rent and paid for people to enter camp. For three months, I had not moved into the house. Wesley gone. For three months. You would think that, ah, you didn't pay. Ah, somebody has taken it. After three months, I went there. Nobody attached the house. When I got to the man, I said, I'm coming to pay for that. He said, hey, who are you? He said, because ever since you stepped here, nobody has even come to ask. <laughs> I stayed there one year. When it was time, I was supposed to go out of the place. Find out from God. Am I supposed to be here? Because some people's life has never moved forward because of where they are staying. You see? So find out from God. What school should I attend? Say, scholarship, scholarship for me, scholarship for me. I know it's the Lord, I know it's the Lord. There's someone sitting here, I don't want to point the person. Some, um, two, three years ago, she wanted to go to the UK, ding, 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 ding. Pastor, I need to go to the UK, she's, she's laughing. As, as, as I wanted to pray for her, it's not entering. I, I knew God does not want her to go, but this girl, if you say anything, she doesn't want to be here apart from UK. So as she was praying to go to the UK, I was praying against the UK. So anytime I pray for her, I said, Father, your will be done. <laughs> she didn't enter. The opportunities that now came for her, when she did not go and stayed, she was now saying, I'm so grateful. I thank God I did not go to the UK. You see, always listen to the Holy Spirit. It's not every time that the Holy Spirit will create that kind of blockade for you. Sometimes he'll allow you. Especially not strive with man. Sometimes he'll allow you. Say, UK, 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 UK. Say, okay, go. It is called the acceptable will of God. Now, in the, in the perfect will of God, 
When you're in the perfect will of God, anything that happens, God caters for it. If it's the acceptable will of God, anything that happens, you take it like that. You got it? So, who does God guide? Let's take that. Who does God guide? God does not guide everybody. Who does God guide? Number one, God guides his children. God guides his children. John chapter 10. Verily, verily, I say unto you that he that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. Verse 2. But he that entered by the door is a shepherd of the sheep. Verse 3. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice. The sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. The sheep hear his voice, not the goats, the sheep. In the Bible, sheep represents the children of God. Goats represents those who are not the children of God. They're stubborn people. You see, goats are stubborn. Very stubborn. Goats can be going this way. Just because you ask him to go this way, he said no. He's going the place you... <laughs> he's going like this. Just because you now said, okay, let's go. No, he has changed position. He's not going again. Just because you are trying to lead him. But the sheep always follow the voice. You see, when it comes to divine provision, one of the things you have to know is that God's provision will always be where God is. He said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Not the Lord is my friend. The Lord is my shepherd. So if he's your shepherd, that means you must allow yourself to be a sheep. Sheep don't have opinion. The Lord is my shepherd. Because of that, I shall not want. So that scripture is not for God. The Lord is my shepherd. No, he's telling you, he's instructing you that if the Lord is your shepherd, you will not want. So what should you focus on? Becoming a sheep. Becoming more and more obedient to God. You've realized that you have even gone past the place of needs. It's not need, it's want. He said the sheep hear his voice. That means you should never say that. I don't, you know some people say, I don't hear God. No, when I want to hear God, all right, and I'm praying concerning something, the one of the first things I say is that I'm a child of God. I hear the voice of God. I say it first before I start praying. I'm a child of God. I hear the voice of God. Because you see, once you become a child of God, you, you are now open to recognize the voice of God. You can know the voice of God. How will you know? No, just start saying it first. I know the voice of God. I know the voice of God. Because you are sheep, so God leads his children. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. That means when you're a child of God, you are, you, you know, it's like, a, uh, have you seen YouTube when you subscribe? Subscribe, eh? When any program comes on, you get the notification. Yes. So once you're a child of God, you have been subscribed to hearing God. You can hear God. Once you become a child of God, you know the voice of God. Say, I know the voice of God. Say, I hear the voice of God. Say, the voice of another, I will not follow. The voice of another, I do not follow. I hear the voice of God. I know the voice of God. I recognize the voice of God. So as a child of God, you know, you, 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 you recognize the voice of God. So when you ask your child of God, you become an, uh, 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 you, you're able to recognize it. The next thing is, when you now hear it over and over and over again, now you move from just recognizing it to become acquainted with it. So when you hear some people say, God spoke to me, God spoke to me, it's, they, they've come through a whole journey of listening to God. It's like your, your mom's voice. Out of a thousand women, if your mother's a quackoo, you know that this one is your mother. There's a way she calls it, that nobody else can call it. Even if someone fakes it, you know that it can never be the same because your mom has a way of calling it. There's a way she calls it. You know your mom's voice. Some of you, you know, even up to the, the smell of your mom's food. You, you, you smell everybody's food. Fine, it's okay. But when you smell, it's like, ah, this is my mom, this is my mom. You know your mom's voice. Out of a thousand women, if she speaks, you'd hear. Because you are now acquainted with her voice. Right from when you were a kid, you were hearing the voice. So you now know that voice by acquaintance. But before, it must come by recognition. Right, so God first of all guides his children. So I've shown you in George chapter 10, God guides his children. All his children are subscribed, are eligible to hearing his voice. 
Number two, God guides the meek. God guides the meek. Um, Job chapter 6, verse 23. Job chapter 6, verse 23. Or deliver me from the enemy's hand, or redeem me from the hand of the mighty. Verse 24. Teach me, and I will hold my tongue, and cause me to understand wherein I have erred. He said, teach me, and I will understand. What's Job saying? He said, God, I'm ready to be led. God doesn't just lead everybody. He guides the meek. He leads those who are ready to be led. Go to um, Psalm 25. We're reading the King James, and we're reading the NIV. Psalm 25, verse 9. The meek will he guide in judgment, and the meek will he teach his way. The meek will he guide. The meek will he guide. The meek will he guide. Who's the meek? The humble. Those ready to be led. God doesn't lead everybody. Those ready to be led. Don't make up your mind before you say, I'm going to ask God. You have already chosen. This is the house. This is my house. I will stay in this house. They say, Father, I come to ask you. But you already decided. God doesn't guide. Once you have decided, he doesn't guide. Um, you've seen, you know, I like using that example. You've seen the girl. She's your speck already. He's already your speck. And your heart is already beating. Boom, 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 boom. As you're praying, Father, Father, Lord, Father, Lord, Father, Lord, guide me. Is he the one? Is he the one? And God is saying, no. Say, thank you, Lord. She's the one. <laughs> the meek will he guide. So, first of all, when you are going to seek guidance from God, make up your mind. Be sincere and say, God, well, if you say no, it is no. God, I know I like the person, but if you say no, it's no. God, I know I like the house, but if you say no, it's no. Because there are some of you, you know, there's, there are some places, there are some areas you wanted to live. You wanted to live in those areas. Say, so, oh, you all, 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 your, all your life, your dream is to stay at Trasaco. Then someone says, I, 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 I've, given, I've gotten a place for you at Trasaco to stay for a year. Wow, God works in mysterious ways. Then God is telling you now, no, don't stay here. Father, thank you. Thank you, Lord. You got there. Within that one year, there was an arm robbery. They didn't know it was your house. They shot you by. I said, ah, that lady used to go to church. Ah, God. God give it. God take it. God to himself. I've not taken anything. Home. <laughs> the meek will he guide. God guides the humble. Those who are humble enough to be led. Humble enough to be led. If GPS is leading you, allow GPS. Just that the GPS in Ghana, I don't understand. <laughs> you know, because sometimes you are going to, you know. <laughs> sometimes you are going to, I'm, I'm telling you, uh, correct GPS. I don't know how it works. Uh, outside does it work correct? GPS works excellently. Yeah, <laughs> I know outside it work. <laughs> you know, sometimes you are going to a place you don't know. Once you input it, GPS will GPS will require your humility. Take right, right. Whether you have degree or not, take right. You right. Take left. You take left. You are left with ten minutes to get to your place. Yes, please. Yes, Doesn't matter how many PhDs you have. You don't know the place is teaching you. The meek will guide. But the GPS in Ghana, please. <laughs> One time I was going to say, head off, head off, head off, head off. That's how I enter someone's kitchen. <laughs> I was like, they said, still say, head off, head off. I said, TPS, that's why I tell the person's house. All right, then meek will he guide. So you cannot be guided by the Holy Spirit if you have your own opinions. You make up your mind. As you're going to ask for the, the clearance, you say that Holy Spirit, I know I like this thing, but whatever you say, I move with it. Then meek will he guide. The third people God leads, he guides those who ask. There are certain things that you must ask God, should I go like this? Don't expect that. If God doesn't want me to, he would have stopped me. No. If God didn't want me to, he would have stopped me. No. You have to ask. First Samuel chapter 23. First Samuel chapter 23. Then they told David, saying, Behold, the Philistines fight against Kayla, and they rob the threshing floors. 
Therefore, David, now look at, you know, David, when the Bible says that he's a man after God's own heart, we sometimes we don't even understand the gravity of that statement. God testified of David that, you see this guy, he, he loves me too much. He's after my heart. And you can see in the little detail, look at this detail. Look at from verse 1. Think about it, think about it. He says, then they told David, saying, Behold, the Philistines fight against Kayla, and they rob the threshing floor. They are destroying something that belongs to Israel. What should be David's uh, response? Immediately, he should take sword. Ah! You are robbing the threshing floors. He should, he should go and fight as a responsible king. David refused to fight. That means they should keep robbing the threshing floor. He's going to do something first. Verse 2. Therefore, David inquired of the Lord. Before David, it's amazing. Anytime I read this scripture, I'm, I'm so I'm taking aback. David said they should continue what they are doing. I'm going to ask God first. Therefore, ah, there's this business that is moving. It is moving. It is moving. Everybody can do it. They can make as much profit as they want. I'm going to ask God. Should I enter forex? Not because everybody's trading. Say, ah, hey, people are going to oil. They are making money from oil. No, that's how you you entered into you two entered into oil. Up to now, you don't even know if you have zoning or what. <laughs> Therefore, David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go and smite these Philistines? And the Lord said unto David, Go and smite the Philistines and save Kayla. They were about to kill Kayla. David said, If they like, they should kill him. Let me ask God first. And God said, Go and save Kayla. Verse 3. And David's men said unto him, Behold, we be afraid here in Judah. How much more then if we come to Kayla against the armies of the Philistines? Verse 4. Then David inquired of the Lord yet again. God only guides those who ask. There's nothing wrong with double checking. I do it a lot of the time. I hear something from God. God said, move into this house. Um, God, can you please confirm for me again? Lord, please, can you confirm for me? God guides those who ask. So learn to ask God for direction on what you should do. What job should I, should I take? What should I do? What do I do at this point? Everybody's doing this business. They're all making money. Should I do it? People are traveling outside the country. And when they travel, they become nurses. When they become nurses, they make money and they send back. God, should I do some? Don't let the people tell you what they want. And they tell you that. Look, you have to go and do it. No, maybe your life is not headed in that direction. Don't live a fruitless life. Don't live a life, no, uh, 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 like, like God said. He said, the fear of me is taught by the precept of men. There's precept of men, tradition of men. Tell that, oh, when you travel outside, you go and work. and come. No, you might, your destiny might not be outside. Your death might not be outside. Don't think, don't think about, no, when you, there are greener pastures out there. You can stay in this country and prosper. I was says, Isaac stayed in the land and sowed in that land and you reap a hundredfold. Everybody was running out. God said, stay here. Prosperity is not in another place. It is not in a place. Prosperity is where God is. Abraham was with Lot. Lot, Lot, foolish guy. All this while, you've been working with Abraham. You never heard God's voice. It's what Abraham says that you follow. All this while. You've been working with Abraham. You never heard God's voice. Abraham said, God said we should move. Then you move with Abraham. Now, one time, your, your, your headsmen have a fight. And Abraham says, okay, um, let's divide. Where would you want? Foolish man. All this while, you have never heard God's voice. What should you say that? Ah, Papa, all this while, I've been following you. So you choose first. Because he's the one God is with. So choose first. Anywhere you choose, I'll, I'll follow that one. Because I don't know why you're choosing it. So Abraham opened it for him. And that's how blessed men behave. Blessed men behave in a very interesting way. They can give you anything. You can't cheat a blessed man. Because when you cheat me, I might not follow you. To see. No, no, no. When you cheat me, I might not follow you. Because you cannot steal enough water from an ocean. Abraham looked at it. He looked at it and said, no, Lot, choose. Because wherever I find myself, I'll prosper there. Lot, the Bible says he chose the green field, the nice parts. 
he chose a good path so that his uncle, uh, uncle will go and suffer. Now, are you seeing the mentality? He chose the nice path so that my uncle, all this while you have been richer than me, this is my opportunity. Took the great path and he went. Immediately he left. Bible says, and God spoke to Abraham. He said, look everywhere. As far as your eyes can see, I'll give it to you. Including where Lord went. Lord didn't know that that green path probably was coming in a few years. Are you getting it? That's why you must allow yourself to be led by God because you don't know what's about to happen in three years. Ah, that company, they'll give me 5,000. 5,000 a month. Ah, my life has just changed. Your life has really changed. Sometimes you'll be taking that salary of 800 Ghana City and a, a bid of 5,000 comes and God says, stay at the 800 Ghana City. God, why? Why? Why don't you know that? You'll be taking the 800 Ghana City. In a few years, you are buying that company up. Allow yourself to be led by God. Someone asks us, so how? How will I know it is God who will come there? Fourth one. God guides those who love him. All right? God guides those who love him. Psalm 32 verse 8. You uh, read in the King James and read in the NIV. I will instruct thee and teach thee the way which thou should go. I will guide thee with my eye. Anytime the Bible talks about my eye, it's talking about love. The apple of his eye. All right, so go to NIV. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye. You see, so God guides those who love him. When you love God, the Bible says in um, Psalm 25 verse 14, go there, Psalm 25 verse 14. It says, the secret of the Lord is with them that fear him. The secret of the Lord is that, that fear him and show him his covenant. All right, give me the NIV. Then you give me the, the message. All right, NIV. The Lord confides in those who fear him. I see. And the word fear him over there, that actually means love him. You, you see very soon. He said, God, God friendship is for God worshippers. Don't you like that? God friendship. That means God, I told people that God is a gossip. God likes to gossip. God likes to gossip. He can come to you. And he, he did it to Abraham. There was nothing to talk about. He's just talking to him. Um, God is going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And he just passed by Abraham's house. Abraham feeds him. When he's done, he said, okay. Abraham, I'm going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. He doesn't have to talk to him. He just, he's just looking for someone to talk to. Because he called Abraham. He said, Abraham is my friend. He said, he called Abraham the friend of God. Now, ask yourself a question. Do, are you a friend of God? I preached a message on friends of God last year. You should get. I preached it Numatska nights. Then I, I, I furthered it in the following services. It, you, should, you should get friends of God. How to be a friend of God. He will tell you things. When you see people who are, who are um, robust with revelation, knowledge. Like sometimes people wonder, how, how does Pastor Chris see these things? Do you watch your love world? It's like the Bible, no? It's like we all, it's not the same Bible. And so when we come to church, the scriptures, Pastor Enoch is pulling us and ah, is it not the same Bible we are all having? No, it, it, there's something about those who love God. God talks to them differently. All of a sudden, you see insight coming to you. So God guides those who love him. So when there's a love relationship between you and God, always, you are always in worship, you're always thinking you know, about God. David said, I always think about you. Sometimes the way David wrote about God is as though it's his girlfriend. There was a way David wrote about God. He said, as the deer panted for the water, so my soul longed after thee. Kai, Sabaradus. How can you talk like that? So as the deer panted, so how you see a uh, uh, lady in your hand, <gasps> panted. He said when, he, and he said in, in Psalm 63, he said, I, I meditate on thee in the night watches. That means every three, three hours he's thinking about God. Oh my God. He's one of the first people who said, my God. Everybody was saying God. Oh God. He said, my God, early will I see thee. My soul longed for thee. My flesh tested at thee. In a dry time, where don't know, know what that is. He, the guy was so in love with God. So God tells him things. So David was one person who will see even the death of the Messiah, even when the Messiah has not even been born. Thousand years before the Messiah came, 
God had told him everything about the death and the crucifixion and the resurrection. David had prophesied it. Because God likes to gossip to the people who love him. Daniel. The angel came and said, Daniel, a man greatly beloved. No wonder God showed him even to Antichrist. I mean, so far away from his day. He prophesied the kingdoms that will come into this world. Joseph was a man who, who was loved by his father. He was an interpreter of dreams. I mean, when you see people who love God, people who are, you know, who are, who are you know, when it comes to you know, loving God, it's one thing that you should never take for granted. Loving God. And loving God is not just in your heart. You show it. You show working. You show working. You are still arguing about tithe and giving. God, you can't love God. Why is that? I love you, God. I love you, Lord. But your offering is in your pocket. And I lift my voice. And God says, and so give me your tithe. When you're a God lover, when you're a God lover, there's nothing too much. It's like, you know, it's like when, when you fall in love fresh. God. And they tell you the girl is staying under so much. She wants you to come right now. You are not even thinking about it. There's some people here. There's stews you have cooked in this world. <laughs> Even if your mother has sent you to cook that stew, then, mm, mm, every day they are sending me, every day they are sending me. But you have cooked kotomre, gravy, eh? Nyadwa stew. All in the same night. Yeah. If I'm lying, tell me I'm lying. It's the truth. That's how when I was on campus, I have not asked the lady for anything. She just brought me okra soup. With wele, there was no road. With wele and things. They brought it to me. With two fancy kenki. Wow. But let me tell you, some guys, that's their strategy of surviving in school. Just get someone to love you. <laughs> see. God guides those who love him. Next one. God guides those who trust him. Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs 3. 5. Verse 5. You know this one. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all... How many of your ways? In how many of your ways? Or you, 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 you can involve him in your school but not involve him in your life. He said in how many of your ways? In all your ways. That's who God is. He wants you to acknowledge him. He wants you to recognize him. He wants you to involve him in all your ways. In everything you're involved in. He said, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. In all your ways. Not in some of your ways. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. He shall tell you where exactly to go. He shall tell you where exactly to meet. So he only guides those who trust him. You see? He said, trust in the Lord. I, lo I love this song. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him. And He shall direct. And He shall direct your heart. Simple. All right. Look at something. Leviticus 19, verse 31. Regard not them that have familiar spirits, neither seek after wizards to be defiled by them. I'm the Lord your God. You know, sometimes some people say, you know, give unto Caesar what belongs to Caesar. Even that I'm going to consult. They, they go to church. They, 
You've not, you've not seen it before. You've not heard it. They go to church, yet they want to know something about their life. They say, oh, you know, it is customs. It is, it is, it is, it is tradition. It is custom. Let us go and see this person. My hometown, there's this man. He's very sharp. He, he will show us what to do. They are born again. How did a born again Christian do that? There was a time, uh, one of the, I, I, I called one of the leaders and I corrected him about something. But one member who had an issue, I think, the, uh, something about chieftaincy and whatever, and the mom, a lot of things happened, and the, I think the people were, were requiring that they will, they will kill a goat. If they kill the goat, the mother will walk, and all those things about the chieftaincy, so many things. And the person told the person that, oh, yes, you should allow them to get, because it is tradition. Rubbish. The Bible says the thing that the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to demons. If they kill the goat, who is it going to? Do think it's going to God? That was a very, 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 very silly mistake. And so when they killed the goat, the mother walked again. Do you know what you have done? You have meddled with demons. You have submitted. Or, or you think when Jesus, when the devil told Jesus that if you bow to me, I'll give you the whole, you think the devil was lying? He would have given it to him. And Jesus would have had it. But the repercussion of it, don't meddle, don't meddle on those sides. He said, don't consult demons. Look at it. He said, regard not them that have familiar spirits, neither seek after wizards to be defiled by them. I'm the Lord your God. When you get into that kind of situation and they say you have to kill a goat or whatever it is, no, you're going to resist that and you're going to put in spiritual warfare from your side. It's going to take something. It's going to take a lot, but you have to put it there to ensure that you're on the path of the light. Don't succumb to things like that. What happened to all your praying? What happened to all the knowledge of God? What happened to your, your seed? What happened to your altar? We make the devil look... Powerful at times. It's nothing. Jesus says, I beheld Satan fall as lightning. He said, Behold, I give you power to trample over serpents and scorpions. And over all the machination of the enemy. Say, Nothing shall by any means hurt you. Forget it. One of my sons got into a serious, this one also had a chieftaincy background. Whatever, whatever. Kala, basu, kala, bradi. Sike, teko, sika. Devil, have you created somebody for? Get out! The thing was trying to take him. I stood in my room. I said, Power against power. Shibala, suka. Let him go. Leave him alone. Stage that war. Don't succumb. You want to kill that goat now? You, you know what's going to happen? It's part one. You have watched. Part two is about to happen. Custom and tradition. See the things that the Gentiles sacrifice. See they sacrifice them to devils. Don't be consulting stars. I'm Scorpius. <laughs> we the Virgos. Uh, my friend. That's not... The Bible never said that in the New Testament we are supposed to, 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 someone said, ah, but the wise men saw a star and followed the star. That was before the Holy Spirit was given to men. God allowed that one and God allowed many other things. God allowed fleeces. When Abraham uh, wanted Isaac to marry, he sent a servant. He said, when you go, the girl you see fetching water, you ask the wife. That's, those are fleeces. Those ones were allowed in the Old Testament. In the New Covenant, God gave us his spirit. He doesn't want us to be led by stars, but be led by his spirit. So as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. The Holy Ghost now lives in us to lead us and guide us. We're led by stars. Now we the Virgos, when, when you fall in love with us and, and you don't treat us right, we'll kill No, what's going on? Rubbish is that. We the Virgos, Sagittarius, Scorpions. A whole Christian, you are led by this. Then you'll be posting on your stage, we the Virgos, shame on you. I said, if you have a bad attitude, change it and stop saying we are Scorpions. <laughs> see, the, our star is saying that what are some of the things they say? Or oh, you don't read those things? What are some of the things they say? Tell me, sir. Are you not Virgos? <laughs> and they've been saying things. 
be watching and then they'll be checking their stars. Checking their stars. He said, don't regard them that have familiar spirit. Example of fam familiar spirit. Palm readers. So I said, bring your palm. Then he told the name of your grandmother. Hey, he's powerful. He's powerful. Some people think it is spirituality. They think it's spirituality for us to close church. And while you are going, one brother who is not your cell leader, he's not yourself, will just be to and say, well, we're in the church. The Spirit of God spoke to me. The Spirit of God said nothing to you. I would say, let all things be done in decency and in order. There's orderliness in the house of God. So people think spirituality means chaotic. Spirit is not synonymous to chaos. If you meet someone on the street, say, the Spirit of God said, man of God, man of God. Man of God, the Spirit is even telling me something to even tell you. <laughs> because after they prophesied, one, two, if we, if, we, if we endorse anybody's voice in this church, you will see the person will give you a microphone. Everybody's in a system, everybody's in a cell. Don't be chaotic. It happened in the Corinthian church, and Paul had to address it, and he told them. He said, let everything be done in this. Church. He said, let the prophets prophesy two or three. He said, and let, let the others judge. Let me tell you this. When we were in Best West, one time we were, pray, we were praying, and you know, people were prophesying. They said, what is that speaking to I said, bundle out. You said, ah, maybe the spirit was moving. You don't understand the scriptures. You don't understand the scriptures. The spirit was not moving. The person was looking for attention. I said, bundle out. The spirit that is moving there doesn't know there's a leader here. Let the prophets prophesy two or three and let the others judge. He said, when someone is speaking in tongues and there's no one to interpret, he said, let the person shut up. Whether it is speaking by God or God's cousin. <laughs> he says, when there's... Okay, we are waiting. Will you start interpreting? He's not interpreting, he's still speaking. Bundle out. I tell, I tell him, I have an eye. No, of late, the likes of Brown and the rest, they've gone to pastor church, so they don't, people right now, they don't understand my eye language. Before, best first thing, why do you do like that? <laughs> so I'm in church. Well, the, the prayer is going down. The prayer is going down. Everybody's, you know, moving at the, at, the, at the pace that the prayer is going down. Maybe there's the next thing to do. There's someone is still shouting, Bole bala, bole bala, bundling out. Why? Why? See, he couldn't control it. The spirit of a prophet is subject to the prophet. That's what the scripture says. Anything that you cannot control is not God. He cannot, I cannot control it. I cannot control it. I cannot control it. I cannot. I cannot. You, I will take you to a psychiatrist because I'm telling you. He said the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. Some people think you are prophesying or you are, you are prophesying if you are, you are, you don't know. Hey, God. People have deceived people for long. Someone who finished prophesying, ask him, ah, what did you say? I don't know what I, I said. That's a demon. It's demons that take over people like that. I don't know what happened. What happened? And they think, wow, that was God. No! Ah! Read the scriptures. The prophets who prophesied of old, they stood there. They were aware of themselves, but they still spoke the mind of God. When you ask them, what did they say? They said, ah, what I said. The spirit said this. Many times I've been in and, and, and I'll begin to speak in tongue. When I begin to speak in that tongue, I realize this is not a normal prayer tongue. And I realize this is a prophetic word. So while I'm speaking it, I tell the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, grant me understanding. Give me understanding. Um, then I'll begin to, to position myself for the gift of the interpretation of tongues. I'll tell you where that comes into play in guidance. Because sometimes God uses that. You will need to learn how to, sometimes, the, the answers you want, while you are praying, shabalaba, shabalaba, shabalaba. sometimes the answer to that prayer was at the end of the tongues. You'll be speaking it. Shiva. And that Robo Shiva you are saying is the answer to prayer. What you didn't know is that because you are not spiritually trained, you did not ask for interpretation because that was the answer to your prayer. 
I remember 2018, I was going to have Encounter Lab, the first ever Encounter Lab that we will have on Legon campus. That's in the beginning. No, at that time, church had not even started. I had not even started church. So now I want to know, God, would you want me to have this meeting or not? Because I don't go and put my money into something that's not sending me into. People had brought me a very nice proposal. Okay, we want you to do this program. You know, you know, no, you have, you know, but I was not concerned about all the accolades and all the things they were telling me. I was more concerned about does God want me to do it? So I told them I'll get back to them. Two days I was praying, I was not getting an answer. On the third day of the prayer, one night, I was praying. I remember what I was praying. I was around the drying line. As I was praying, as I was praying, I began to speak in tongues. And I began to interpret. I said, that's here the Spirit of God. For I raised you for such a time as this. Go, it will prosper. And I'm like, wow, God has answered me. Then I began Encounter Love. When I had Encounter Love, almost 50% of people who came to that program and got saved joined the church when I now started three months later. God knew what he was doing. I didn't even know I was going to start a church three months later. I didn't know. But God asked me to do it. I, was, I asked him and he told me what to do. And the answers came like that. Alright? So now, let's go to how. How? Now, we've talked about the importance of guidance and all those things. And the things not to resort to, to hear God. Alright? Now, so what is the surest guide? Surest guide? Hmm. Okay. This is what you need to understand. Now, Denzel, come. This man here, alright? I'll just give you this background. Now, this guy standing here is a full man, right? People say, oh, man is three in one. Man is not three in one. So, oh, spirit, soul, body, no. Man is not tripartite. Man is not triune. Man is not a trinity like God. He is not a spirit, a soul, and a body. He is a spirit. He has a soul. And he lives in a body. So, you cannot say that he is a spirit, a soul, and a body. He is a spirit. Romans chapter 12, quickly. Romans chapter 12. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is a reasonable service. Okay, so when I say, uh, Thelma, present your phone. It means you are not your phone. Are you getting it? It means you are not your phone. So I say that you present your body. I'm trying to tell you that your body is not you. So your spirit can present your body. Because your body is not you. So you are not spiritual and body, you are a spirit. So it says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, that you present your body as a living sacrifice, holy acceptable with God, which is your reasonable service. Now I want to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 20. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 20. You see it again. For ye are bought with a the price, therefore, uh, therefore glorify body your, God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. He says, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. You were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. All right. Now go to Acts chapter 7, verse 59. And the stone Stephen called upon God and said, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. So what's Lord Jesus going to receive? His spirit. The body is going to decay. So he's not his body. It's the spirit that's going up to God. So the spirit is the real man. Now, these are three realms. There's the spirit, there's the soulish realm, and there's the body realm. Okay, two more people should join him here, quickly. Two more people should join him here. Okay, alright. So, this is the same Denzel. Okay, for the purpose of the... So, this is spirit, this is soul of Denzel, and this is body. Now, this spirit, soul, body is relating with God, who is only spirit. So, if Denzel tries to relate with God, who is a spirit, with his body, they can relate. Because God is in the realm of spirit. But this guy is in three realms. 
If he tries to relate with God in his soul, what's the soul? Now, people usually confuse the soul and the spirit. Let me, let me tell you where to divide the soul and the spirit. Give me Hebrews chapter 4, 12. For the word of God is quick and powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. So the word of God is, is where we do the division between soul and spirit. What's the difference between soul and spirit? The spirit is the real man. The soul is a possession of the spirit. The soul houses the intellect. It houses the emotions. All those intellectual things, the abstract things, it, it houses your, 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 your thinking. It houses your creativity. It houses all those things in your mind. When you say something is in your mind, there's a difference between the mind and the brain. What the brain is to the body is what the mind is to the spirit. So everything that goes on in the soul is a possession of the spirit. So when, not you, when that man dies, alright, not you, when that man dies, the body decays, not you, alright? The body decays. When the body decays, this man is still intact. His soul is still intact. So the Bible says that when we are raptured, he said the one who is holy should remain holy still. That means everything you know on earth, when you are raptured, you will not know a new thing. So if you don't know anything about God on earth, when you get to heaven, you will know nothing. Uh, you think you will just supernaturally know things. You are joking. When God is telling us to learn his word, he knows why. Because once you get into the, the other world, that's why when you dream, you can recognize your mother in the dream. Because your, your, your retaining faculty, your mental faculty is still working. The soulless realm is still active. So that's where to make the demarcation. So God is not in the soul. So if this guy tries to reason God out, because this is a place of reason. If he tries to reason God out, he will not be able to, because God is not in that realm. God is in the realm of the spirit with this guy. So the only way God relates to you is through your spirit. So if you are looking forward to hearing a physical voice outside to guide you, you make a mistake. Romans 8 verse 16. The spirit itself, that is supposed to be himself, beareth witness with our spirit. Are you seeing? The spirit is not bearing witness with our body. It's not bearing with our mind. That's why if you try to reason God, reason God, ah, where is God coming from? If God is, where is his cousin? If God is, where is his wife? If God is, where is his mother? No, all those things are in the soulish realm. Your spirit can accept the information. It's like when we got born again, they told us that a virgin gave birth. We are not questioning it. It's not because we are fools. Our spirits caught the information and accepted it. When we bring it into the realm of our understanding, we try to reason it out, it will not make sense because God is not in the realm of reason. As for the body there, he does not even know anything that's going on. It is only to eat and sleep. So the body does not relate with God. The soul does not relate with God. It's the spirit that relates with God because God himself is the spirit. So quickly, the voice of the body is the senses. The voice of the soul is the mind. And the voice of the spirit is the conscience. So someone say, okay, so does it mean that my conscience is always correct? You see, when your conscience has not been trained by the word of God, it is not a sure guide. That's why I started this teaching from the word of God. Because if your conscience is not trained in the word of God, it is not a sure guide. So number one, we'll take this home today. Number one, the, the first way, which is going to be the most way that God will lead you is by what we call the inward witness. The next time I take this subject, we will take it.